prophetic expression here was directly written to uh, Israel for the time and the life of Jeremiah. Scripture tells us that all Scripture is given uh, by inspiration for instruction. Amen? And so let us, uh, let us read together this morning. Uh, Jeremiah chapter 31 and verse 20. He says, Is not Israel still uh, my son, my darling child? Says the Lord, I often have to punish him, but I still love him. That's why I long for him and surely will have mercy on him. Set up road signs, put up guideposts, mark well the path by which you came. Come back again, my virgin Israel, return to your towns here. How long will you wonder, my wayward daughters? For the Lord will cause something new to happen. Israel will embrace her God. This is what the Lord of heaven's armies, the God of Israel, says. When I bring them back from captivity, the people of Judah uh, and its towns will again say, The Lord bless you, O righteous home, O holy mountain. Townspeople and farmers and shepherds alike will live together in peace and happiness. For I have given rest to the weary and joy to the sorrowing. And this, I woke up and looked at this, I woke up and looked around, this is the prophet speaking, my sleep had been very sweet. The day is coming, says the Lord, when I will greatly increase the human population and the number of animals here in Israel and Judah. In the past, I deliberately uprooted and tore down this nation. I overthrew it, I destroyed it, and brought disaster upon it. But in the future... I will just as deliberately plant it and build it up. I, the Lord, have spoken. And so I want to bring this to you this morning. This is a time in in Israel's history when the Lord says, I am getting ready to do a new thing. And I've discovered something about the Lord, and I've discovered something about his nature. The Lord, if you look at the way that the earth is designed and the way that life is designed in general, you'll see that God loves the end of things and the beginning of new things. That it, God's heart just gets jazzed when he can do something new. He is excited about doing new things. The Lord loves the changing of the seasons. He loves the changing of the day. The sun rises in the morning. It goes down in the evening. And a new day starts. And the word says, His mercies are new every morning. Do you know that every morning with the rising of the sun, God is just jazzed about the opportunity that He has to do something new in your life? He's so excited about the possibility that you will allow him to come in and do something new and do something creative in your life. Well, this is just such a time in the history of this nation. And we see God saying to them, get ready, uh, even though some hard things have happened and some difficult places you've come through. And, and, and I've even had to allow some hard things to come your way. But I want you to know that it is in my heart to do something new and to do something fresh and to bring you again into, into, into fresh, uh, prosper, prosperous places. And so the Lord just loves the, the, the new thing. He loves the passing of a generation. He loves the passing of a year. I I just love the end of the year because the end of the year is not just the end of the year. It's the beginning of a new one. And the Lord adores the opportunity to do new things in a people who will submit themselves to him and let him do new things. 
Whenever you go through hard seasons of your life and difficult places of your life, it's wonderful. Well, I'm I just so thankful. The, only the Lord knew what, uh, what the word that was in my notes this morning as he come in and he began to blow freshness upon you and he began to, to affirm you and he began to bless you in your worship and he began to set an environment so that you could understand that there were some old things that are just, they're just passing away. Let's just be done with that. The Apostle Paul put it this way. He said, forgetting those things that are behind you. Oh, just put them back there and forget them. Let's press toward the mark. Let's determine today, at the closing of this year, at the last Sunday of 2012, that we're going to put what is behind us behind us, and we're going to go for the mark that is before us. We're going to press toward the prize. We're going to press toward the good things that are in God. So let's look at this. First thing the Lord says to these guys, he says, look, you're my child. You've always been my child. I love you. You're my child. Just because difficult things have come and just because economic uh, difficulties have come, just because captivities have come your way, just because there's been some things that have come your way that felt like destruction, I've never stopped loving you. Do you know there are some people that when difficult things come along in their life, they think that God has forgotten them and stopped loving them? It is never the nature of God to stop loving one of his wonderful creation. You are wonderful to him. You are so vital to him, and you're vital to the process of what he desires to accomplish in this generation. Don't let your life pass without the reason you're on the earth coming to pass and being accomplished. Please don't go to your grave without fulfilling the destinies that God has written over your life. The things that God has dreamed in you. Don't let, your, don't let your days pass without God accomplishing in you the things that he has written upon your heart and that he's dreamed to do in you. Yeah. Saddest thing in the world is, ever, is to stand, oh, I shouldn't even go down this road, to stand in a funeral and memorialize someone who didn't accomplish what God designed for them to accomplish. Really sad. Yes. And those folks that are gathered around in those moments... Weeping and crying, they cry with a, with, a, with, a fr- with a framework toward hopelessness because they know that what was lost can never be gained, can never be gotten back. That's gone forever. But what a rejoicing comes to stand around and memorialize someone who did everything God called them to do and accomplished every purpose that was within the framework of their life to accomplish and and fulfilled the destinies that God had written over their life and did the things that they dreamed to do and that they believed God had called them to do in the earth. Everybody just celebrates. Even the sad people aren't all that sad because they know that that individual just stepped into eternity in the presence of the Lord and they're going to go on accomplishing and go on completing purposes and destinies in God. So it's really hard to be sad when those times come. God loves the closing of seasons. The Bible says he rejoices over the death of his saints. We're all, all, oh God, I'm going to miss you. And God's like, hallelujah, they're in my presence. Come on home. Let's get something done together for eternity. Oh, I wish we could start thinking like that. I really do. So he says, you're my child. I still love you. I long for you. The waywardness of Israel over the times and seasons of, the, of their history where they, were, where they were walking afar off from God and where they were in seasons where they were forgetting who God is, he's expressing to them in, the, in those moments, I was longing for you. 
I really have concluded in my mind, and maybe more so this year than ever, that seasons and times of struggle and times and seasons of difficulty and challenges that we face, uh, the anxiety of our generation, the fear of our generation, is a word from God. If you'll come into my presence, I'm longing for you. I'm hungering to be with you. And so the trouble that we face... Although I don't like trouble, I I really ask the Lord, please help me come to you, help me have a relationship with you so that trouble is not what has to come to drive me to my knees. But there are some people that are never going to go to their knees before the Lord, never going to call his name in prayer, never going to say a word to him until trouble comes. Don't be that guy. Can I challenge you this morning for 2013? Don't be that guy. There are some people in life that as they go through life, it is in the heart of God he knows that if he's ever going to get their attention, it's going to be because he allowed trouble to come. Don't be that guy. Be the one who says, Lord, I'm coming after you. I'm running after you. I want to know everything there is to know about you. I hunger for you. I want to know your word. I want to know and be comfortable with, uh, not presumptuously comfortable with, but I want to be comfortable with the presence of your spirit in my life. I want to be, I want to be able, I want to be that, those sheep that know your voice. I want to be able to discern the difference between your voice and the voice of the stranger. And I want to say, okay, that's a strange voice. I don't want to hear that. Get on out of here. I want to hear what you have to say. I want to hear what you're speaking to me. I want my ears to be tuned to you. I don't want to be the guy that you have to allow difficulty to come so that I cry out and call on your name. But see, Israel was that way. They were, they were in the situation that they were in. Jeremiah was prophesying to them because they had allowed themselves to be the kind of people that trouble had to come to get them to turn to God. And the Lord, can you hear the excitement in his voice when he's, saying, when he's saying, I'm so excited because when you come back, when I restore you, when, when you come back into your land, when I bring you back from captivity, there's going to be people that are once again going to declare, bless the Lord, O righteous home, O holy mountain. The Lord was just anticipating hearing his name come out their mouth. He was living in anticipation of hearing their voice bring glory to his name, hearing them speak with hope regarding their future, and his name was tied to the hope that they were declaring. The Lord is living in anticipation of hearing you begin to declare the year ahead is going I don't, I don't. No matter what hard things come, no matter every, in every year there's seasons of difficulty and there's things going on in the earth that, that kind of freak me out and all this kind of stuff, you know. And, 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 but the Lord is waiting to hear his people declare a righteous and glorious future with his name tied to that declaration. We will have a future that comes from God that is blessed of the Lord because he is God, because he is the Lord. So if I can give you any hope at the, at the end of this season, it's that you would live in anticipation of the season that is ahead. The Lord said to them, he said, uh, I long for you and I, I'll have mercy on you. You know what that says to me? When, when the Bible says his mercies are new every morning, when the Lord says things to his children, I will have mercy on you. He's telling me, oh, you've not gone so far away from me that you cannot find your way back. 
greatest lie of the enemy is that he wants to tell the people of God, well, you've blown it now. You've gotten so far away from God. You can't hear his voice. You can't feel his presence. And then, and you know what comes right after that? He says, and he don't want you back. Well, that's a lie from the pits of hell. God is saying to his children who were, whose hearts were far from him, from him, I've been longing for you. I'll have mercy on you. And then he goes on to tell them. He goes, let me, let me tell you how to, how to find your way back. He says, set up road signs. Mark clearly your way back to me. Remember the direction that you went to walk afar off from me and just turn around and come back. Just mark the way. Remember how to get back. Don't forget. Don't forget. God, God is saying. It's not the prophet. It's not Jeremiah saying it. Pastor's not saying it. Some other wise person is not saying it. It is God that is saying, don't forget how to get back to me. Remember the direction that you went to get away from me and just turn around and come back. So if the direction away from me was that you didn't spend time in the word and you didn't spend time in prayer and you didn't sit before the Lord, if, if you got cold in your heart uh, because you, you turned your ear to other things and you begin to listen to other things that, that didn't have any, anything of God in it and you begin to let your heart long for other things in the earth, then all you have to do is just turn around and let your heart begin to long for God and begin to spend time in his presence and begin to look into his word and begin to wait to hear his voice and begin to say, oh Lord, I tune my ear to hear you. I want, I'll know when I hear your voice. So I'm opening my ear to hear your voice and I'm not going to listen to anything else. Oh God, and I'm going to stay before you until I hear from you. So he's saying, just, just mark the way. Just remember kind of how you got far off from me and just turn around. And just, just come back. There's another place in the word where the scripture tells him in the New Testament. He says, I'll tell you what. He says, I've got a good idea. You, just, you want to get back to God? You just go do the first works again. You know what that means? That just means go before the Lord and say, okay, Lord, I blew it. I repent. I wash myself. At the, it's just like going through the temple, uh, through the old temple. You go to that, that altar of sacrifice. Lord, I know that you shed your blood for my sin, and so I just repent. I, I, I know that I'm not perfect, and I know that I made a mess of things, and so, Lord, I'm just, I'm just trying to find my way back here. And then, I, and then you come up to that washing laver, and you just say, Lord, that, that, that's a picture of the word. Just look in the word. The washing laver was a brass bowl. I didn't know I was going to talk about all this this morning, but here we are. The washing laver was a brass bowl, and it was full of water, and it was for them to wash after that. You know, sacrifice is a mess. It's bloody. It's just a bloody mess. And so for them to get on into the presence of the Lord, then they had to get cleaned up from the last mess they made. Isn't that good? I mean, that's just really good. So they go into the washing laver, and the washing laver, it was like a mirror under that water. It was brass, and you look in it, and and when you look in it, you can see that you need to be washed up. And the Bible says that's the washing of the water through the word. When you look in that Bible that you're holding in your hand, and you begin to see yourself in light of that word, you get this mirror image, and you go, ooh, I don't look like Jesus. (laughs) 
my Lord, but the word begins to wash us and begins to cleanse us. So we just go and we do those first works again. We just repent. We just go and we wash. We go in. And you know what's so fun about that? You know what comes after that is just getting on into the, the, whole, the most holy place. There's a little bit of, there's a place there to receive communion, to remember the work of the cross and, and to remind yourself of all the good things that Jesus done. And while you're doing that right across the room there, there's a, a lampstand that represents the Holy Spirit. And there's some baptism that comes along and the anointing comes in a fresh way. And and, and the light comes, the illumination of the Holy Spirit begins to come, and all of a sudden you're hearing the voice of the Lord again. That's just how you get back. You get back the same way you got there the first time. Just come on back. Mark your way and come on back. So I think uh, that we ought to just be challenged this year with the door opening to a new year that we're going to find ourselves finding our way back to a close-knit relationship with Jesus. If there's any distance between you and God, you can take care of that today. You don't have to wait for New Year's Day. You can take care of that today. If there's any hopelessness in your heart, you can just take care of that today. You just lay it in the presence of the Lord and say, He's ordering my steps. Devil, get out of here. I'm not going to listen to your lies. He's ordering my steps. So he says to them, set up, set up road signs, mark clearly your way back to me or return to me. How long will you wander? I had to ask myself that several times in my life as I realized that I had allowed myself to, to come to places of distance between the Lord and I, and I wasn't listening to him the way that I needed to listen to him, and I wasn't getting the, the kind of uh, fruit that I needed to see in my life, and I wasn't having the kind of results that I thought that, that a believer should have in their relationship with the Lord. I have to say, how long, Anthony, are you going to put up with this? <laughs> so the Lord says it to them. He helps them ask the question, how long? How long are you going to just kind of wander around and, and hope things work out right but never sure? How long are you going to wander in, in disbelief and in, in, in wonder and just like, eh, is it, are things going to go my way or not? How long, are you going to, how long are you going to put up with that? How long are you going to put up with that? Not another day. Lord, let us come to the wisdom that we say there will not be another day of wandering around like a blind man in the earth. I'm going to walk before the Lord. And so the Lord says, how long are you going to wander around? Let me help you understand something. I'm going to do a new thing. Well, pastor, I thought you said the word says there's nothing new under the sun. No, there's nothing new under the sun, but there's a whole lot that God can do that's new to you that you've never experienced before. That's what he's talking about. There's a place for you to come in God this year that you've never come to before. There's a place for you to walk in God. There's a place for you to have understanding in the Lord and in the Word and by the Spirit. There's, a, there's, there's new vestures of, uh, and new facets of the beauty of the majesty and the holiness of God that we've never tapped into yet. He says, let me do one of those new things in you. Oh, Lord, unfold something new in our life this year. Lord, unfold some new understanding in us this year. Lord, unfold some new insights this year, some fresh perspective. Oh, God. Uh, Oh, Lord, give your church fresh perspective this year. Uh, There's new perspective coming. Um, there's new perspective coming in God this year. And, and for Church of Living Water, there's, new, there's some new things that are coming in God this year. And I just challenge you to get on board Amen. and just grab hold and participate with what God's doing. Uh, the Lord's already uh, shared with me. I, I shared this with you uh, last week, the week, not last week, 
week before or so, the Lord talked about the, the Lord talked about some folks coming into a place of deliverance they've never walked in before, freedoms that they've never walked in before. We're going to cast some devils out this year. I'm so excited. I'm just putting that old devil on notice. He's not staying up in the temple of anybody that belongs to the Lord. He's out. Just, just go right on. Go home. Sit down, get out your tablet, open your Bible, and put the enemy on notice. There's some things that are going to change in my life. And there's some places that you've thought you've had a foothold, but the cross has come, and the Holy Spirit has come, and salvation has come, and salvation is for the whole man, body, soul, and spirit. So I've got some things that are going to get lined out, and you're out of here. Let's go ahead and make the declaration. You're not running me around anymore. I think it's a good time to declare that. 2000, can you imagine? 2013 doesn't have to be like 2012. Amen. So you can just kick the devil to the curb. But he says, here, I love that these two things are together in this passage of Scripture. I'm doing a new thing. Where is that? What, what verse are we in here? 22. Thank you. 20. How long will you wander? For the Lord will cause something new to happen. And then he says, what's the next line there? Israel will embrace her God. Well, I'm going to help you with something. You want God to do something new? You're going to have to take a new embrace. You're going to have to take up a new position in God. If you want God to do something new in you, you're going to have to take up a new position in him. He said to them, I'm doing something new. I'm, I'm doing something new. You know what we do as believers? We do several, several little things here. Well, you never can tell what might happen. Well, yes, you can. Read it. I'm doing a new thing. You don't have to wait and figure that out. And then we sit down and we say, well, if God wants to move, he can move. Do you know what the Bible... Oh, I don't want to go down that road, do I? Hmm. If God wants to move, he can move. No, move with him. Move with him. He says to them, I'm doing a new thing. Now, you take up a new embrace of me. You embrace me in a new way you determine that you're going to take some steps you've never taken before. You determine that you're going to take some action that you've never taken before. I'm moving toward you. Now you move toward me. In, in Revelation, he says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man will open the door, I'll come in. So he's knock, knock, knocking. Knock, knock, knock. And we're like, not right now. My favorite TV show's on. Oh, did I say that? It's not a good time for me to get up and open the door. Well, when's a good time? When is a good time for us to say, God, come in in a new way and do something fresh in me that you've never done in me before? Let me experience something of you that I've never seen before. So he says to them, "Uh, I'm going to do a new thing. One day you will fully embrace me. I have confidence that one day you're going to get so hungry for me that you're going to change your embrace. 
Yeah. It's the, the confidence of the Lord toward you that one day you're going to be so hungry for him that you're going to be more hungry for him than anything else. You know, I'm fasting. One of the things that, that uh, always crosses my mind, because, you know, especially the first couple of days, your stomach will really growl. It does. You get bad breath. It's really nasty. If you're fasting, don't get too close to anyone unless you chew a piece of gum or something, okay? Just, that's just wisdom, huh? But every time that hunger rolls in my, in my little tummy and I hear that uh, going on, I say, Lord, I am more hungry for you than my body is for food. I'm more, I, when I feel a little bit weak, I say, Lord, uh, my body feels a little bit weak, but my spirit desires the strength of the Lord. Let's take those experiences and transfer them over as an expression of the hunger of my spirit to God. I used to say, I've got to get a hamburger. No, I'm hungry, God, for you. So he says, when I set you free, when I bring you home again, when I establish you, I will bless you immeasurably. You'll all live together in peace and in safety and in happiness. Doesn't sound like reading our newspaper today, does it? Well, if our newspaper is giving us a bunch of things to be depressed about, let's read this. I like the sound of that much better, don't you? The promise of God. When I establish you, you're going to live together in peace and in safety and in happiness. I have given rest to the weary and joy to those who previously sorrowed. There's a new day ahead. Thank you, Jesus. I'm not going to live in the sorrow of the past anymore. I'm not going to live in the heaviness of of that which is behind me. I'm not going to let myself be affected by the things that, oh, it's all behind. The Lord says he's doing a new thing. Let's put it behind us. I'm giving joy to those who were previously in sorrow, and I'm giving uh, a strength to those who were rest and strength to those who were previously weary. The day of increase is coming. In the past, I have disciplined, but now I will plant and build up. You know what I learned about God's discipline? Can we, can we do this for just a minute? You know what I've learned about God's discipline? It's a wonderful thing. It really is. But the scripture says that if a man will judge himself, that he has no need of being judged. So I've, I've learned to go before the Lord and say, Lord... If there's something going on in here that you're not happy with, if you'll point it out to me now and give me the strength, I'll take care of it right now so that it doesn't have to become something that you have to make an issue of with me later. Do you know what happens when you do that and and you discipline yourself to those transitions and to those changes and to the voice of the Lord that will bring uh, really self-discipline? When we are self-disciplined, God has no reason to discipline us. I've raised nine children, still raising some of them. Some of them have natures. When you have nine children, how many understand? Some have natures that are very compatible and very pliable. Dad, what do you need? And, and Mom, what do you want? And I'll do whatever you say. And, and I'll, just, I'll just do what I'm supposed to do. And then there's some that just have need of discipline all the time. It'll just tear you up and wear you out. 
But discipline, in the long run, produces the fruit of righteousness. And so we stay faithful to the discipline if they need discipline. Those that, that, that say, what do you need from me and how do I do what, what is supposed to be done? That produces also the fruit of righteousness. The end is the same. So do we want to be the guy on whose back God always has to be? Come on, come on, let's get you going in the right direction. Or do we want to be the guy who says, Lord, show me the direction that you want me to go in and I'll walk in it. The destination's the same. Self-discipline or God-disciplined? I love the discipline of the Lord. Try to stay out of it as much as I can. But he's directing us and leading us. Let me, let me just... Uh, somebody said amen louder than they should have. <laughs> he said, I've disciplined in the, pla- in the past, but I'm going to plant and build up. I want to read you one more scripture. Isaiah 43, kind of in the same situation. The Lord was kind of making some of the same promises. I'm going to read verse 16. I'll just read it to you. If you catch up with me, go right on. This is what the Lord says. He who made a way through the sea and a path through the mighty waters and drew out the chariots and horses, the armies and reinforcements together, and, and they, uh, they lay there never to rise again, extinguished and snuffed out like a wick. He's talking to the children of Israel. He came out of Egypt. The armies of your enemies followed you. They came into the sea, and I buried them in the sea, and there they lay. Your enemies are destroyed behind you. That's what he said to them. Don't forget that. Don't forget that. You know what? When, when the old devil's deciding to chase you, and the enemy's trying to throw things at you, and he's wanting to come after you, you ought to be excited because he's about to get buried. So the Lord says, I've buried your enemies in the sea. So forget the former things. Put, put Egypt, put all the destruction, put all of the frustration, put all of the thinking like a slave and all of that stuff behind you. Do not dwell in the past. The greatest bondage for any believer is that they dwell in the past. I, I know believers who've been walking with God for many years, and when you have any length of conversation with them at all, they will rehearse for you the mistakes they made 20 years ago. Let it go. God did. He put it in the sea of forgiveness. Then I know some folks who messed up yesterday, they done forgot about it today. <laughs> Hallelujah. Bless them in the name of the Lord. If God's quick to restore, I'm going to rest- Let's go. Yes. Learn from them and then get on from them. Forget the past. Don't dwell there. So he says, forget the former things. Don't dwell in the past. See, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I love when God says now. I'm making a way in the wilderness. This is, this is for Church of Living Water. You, you need to listen to this. As a church and as a people, I'm making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wastelands. You are the streams in the wasteland that God is sending forth out of this house in this city. You are streams in the wasteland. The wild animals will honor me, even those jackals and owls. Some of those hideous things out there, like honoring God because there's refreshing coming. There's refreshing coming. You're part of that refreshing. So get up next to that wild jackal at work that you can hardly stand to be around and pour some stuff out from God and bring refreshing. And even those individuals that you thought would never glorify the name of the Lord, they'll glorify him. I'm doing a new thing. 
I provide water in the wilderness and streams in a wasteland to give drink to my people, my chosen. Now listen to this. This is, this is the promise of God. I want you to hear this for the year ahead. I give streams in the wasteland, drinks to my people, my chosen, the people I formed for myself. The whole time that God has been involved in your life, it's been because he's forming something for himself out of you. The people that I formed for myself, that they may proclaim my praise. You you see a theme today, Pam? (laughs) All the way through how God designs the entire, our worship time, the teaching time, and everything in the middle to point us to the fact that he wants to declare to you, the year ahead, I'll do a new thing. If you'll understand that I've chosen you, I've formed you for myself, that you would be, be a praise to the Lord God Almighty. Let's stand together. Thank you, Jesus. Father, I pray for this people. As as I'm praying, I want the prayer teams to come. Lord, I pray for this people, and I bless them in the name of the Lord. I'm so thankful for what you've said to us today. I'm so thankful for what the promises of God uh, have said to us today. I want them, to, Lord, to enter the year ahead with the understanding. They can either enter it with the heaviness, reading the paper and listening to all the heavy news that's going on around, or they can, they can read the promises of God and let them be written on their heart, and they can declare... You are king and you are God and I will follow you. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to live, Lord, I'm going to live, God, out of what you have said. I'm going to live out of your promises, God. I'm going to live out of that promise that was declared. This morning, the past is gone. I'm not going to live in it. I'm not going to be restricted by it. I'm not going to be held to it any longer. Father, I bless his people that in the year ahead they would live out of the promises of God and not out of their own thinking, certainly not out of the news report, Lord Jesus, but out of what you have said will be so in the earth. We give you praise. If you're here this morning and you're facing some difficulty or you're carrying some concern, I want you to come to the prayer teams and I want you to submit that to the Lord and they will gather with you in faith around it. The word says, if two or three gather in my name, I'm there in their midst. The word says that when you agree together in prayer, that you have what you ask. So if you leave with the same difficulty that you came with, shame on you. Don't leave with the same difficulty you came with. Don't leave with the same perspective on trouble that you came with. Don't leave with the same frustration that you came with. There's no reason for that. When the promises of God are yes and amen. I want to pray for you. I want you to be blessed this year. And then I want you to fellowship together as you go today. And, and, uh, and I want you to be, be aware of the schedules as they restore through the coming uh, week or two here. All right? Father, we bless you in the name of the Lord Jesus. I bless these people. They've heard your word. They've received your promise. Let them apply it in their heart and be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. 
Father, I pray that you bless them on the right hand and on the left. I pray that you bless them rising up and lying down. I pray, Lord, that you bless them as your word says, going in and going out. I pray that the work of their hands is blessed. Father, bless their business. Father, bless their employment. Father, bless their employer because they've hired a believer. Bless them in all that they set their hand to do. And above all, Lord, that dream which you dream in them, those things that you see, those potentials that you have written in their life, cause them to manifest, we pray. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. And everybody say, Amen.